This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Just win, baby. Commitment to excellence. The fame silver and black. The Holy Roller, Ghost to the Post, The Immaculate Reception. Time never really stops for the great ones. Tales of greatness. Tales of legend. Tales that define our very existence as fans. Some tales are of epic proportion. Some tales are heartbreaking memories of missed opportunity. Raider Nation is full of these tales. Let's take a journey through the past and present and relive the Raiders' adventure in the NFL. Here's Swag Jeff and Murph coming to you live from the dungeons of Murph's Fan Cave. The indestructible Jim Otto, George Blanda, the greatest clutch player the game has ever known, Willie Brown, the magnificent cornerback, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks, and of course, the magnificent Art Shell. And then you take Tom Flores, the star player who coaches the two Super Bowls. Let me take you back a few years to Frank Yule Field, to the Oakland Coliseum, to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, relive the moments of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. To those of us who saw you battle to the top, we will never forget you. You know, Raider football was always emotional. We loved to take those memorable trips throughout the league, and we were hated, we were feared, but we were respected. These are our moments. These are our stories. These are Tales from the Nation. (laughs) (laughs) What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for... uh, a long lost uh, show we used to do around here on the Murph's Fan Cave Network, and this is the uh, the infamous Tales from the Nation. And of course, I can't do this show. We've only got one co-host to this show. You got one host, and you only got one co-host, and that is Swag Jeff. Yeah, absolutely, what? it is. What's up, man? How much, brother? How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. I feel like we haven't done a Tales from the Nation in, uh, I don't know, like 37 years or something. It's been 37 years, and we've had, um, we had like uh, Matuzak. Uh, We were going to do a Matuzak episode. We were going to do, we had a couple other things. But then lo and behold, this trailer comes out uh, a couple weeks ago, and it is Al Davis versus the NFL. And you and I immediately lit up and we were like, oh my gosh, we got to do a show. We got to do a Tales from the Nation show about Absolutely. Al versus the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, it lit a fire under our ass uh, because it had been too long since the Tales from the Nation. So here we are today, Murph. So here we are today. We're going to do a little, little Tales from the Nation and we're going to talk about Al versus the NFL. Now, the, the yeah. goal of this show is not to... Not like ESPN's worried about us, but we don't want to give you like a bunch of repetitive content and like, you know, basically tell you, um, maybe not like share the exact same stories of what we think you're going to see, but maybe just kind of speculate um, a little bit about maybe some of the where ESPN is going to kind of go off a little bit and, uh, and then to really just give you a primer, like give you um, assuming that the special itself is going to take place during the heyday of the lawsuit of Al Davis against the NFL, against Pete Rozelle, late seventies, early eighties that carried on really to like 89, I think. 
what happened before that though? What's the backstory? What led up to all of that? Because yes. frankly, the bottom line is that this is really a story of two guys, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's Al Davis. It, you know, they call it Al Davis versus the NFL, but it's Al Davis versus Pete Rosell. Absolutely. You know? These guys had an absolute ongoing, um, you know, feud. Uh, they did not like each other uh, yes. for a litany of different reasons. And we're going to get into that kind of stuff. And so hopefully we'll uh, set you up with some, uh, some good info going in to this, uh, to this Al versus the NFL, which this show, this, our show is going to premiere tonight, which is Sunday night. So that means that, uh, what is it? Wednesday or Thursday that it actually comes out, Jeff? Uh, Thursday. 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 Okay. Thursday on ESPN 30 for 30. And uh, so anyway, so we're going to hopefully get you set up for that. All right. So before we get into it, let's go ahead and check out the trailer. Uh, let's listen to the trailer of Al versus the NFL. We're living in a sports world that owes a debt of gratitude to two sworn enemies. Oakland Raiders president Al Davis. I turned the Raiders into the finest organization in sports. Eight division titles, seven conference title games. NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle. The best commissioner of any sport in that time. Do you really believe that? I know it. <laughs> Pete Rozelle and my father, they were the yin and the yang. My differences with Al developed over business matters. The Raiders are suing the NFL in federal court, accusing the league of restraining competition. This could have been settled if it were not for personal animosities. Al Davis seems to be your genuine enemy. Every legal attack undermines the league, and that would include the commissioner. Trial will decide whether football's Oakland Raiders may move to Los Angeles, which could influence the whole geography of professional sports. There's only one thing that matters is who wins. You have to win. Is he a genius or a con man? Al Davis is a gutter fighter. He's got up. Al Davis will do anything to beat you. Just win, baby. This is the dawn of a new era. The Las Vegas Raiders. I don't believe it! No one saw coming except me. Oh my gosh, dude, it's so good. That gets you jazzed up, man. Oh my gosh, I'm fired up. Absolutely. So give me some, what are some things about the trailer, man, that stands out to you? Well, of course, we couldn't feature the video there, but just the audio of it, or what, what about the trailer fires you up, Jeff? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, obviously just, uh, you know, hearing, hearing the old calls, uh, you know, I mean, hearing Al Davis and all that stuff and just everyone knew in the league who the Raiders were and who Al Davis was, and he was going to win by any means necessary. And, you know, just being a fairly new Raider fan, you know, that's still just, just an unbelievable thing. And, you know, it's, I, I, I can't wait to watch it and I can't wait to talk about it with you today Murph. awesome man yeah it's gonna be fun so a couple things interesting that stood out to me there was that yeah i love hearing the old clips which this yes. thing's gonna be loaded with but i also noticed that like there's one al davis voiceover in there where he starts listing off like his championships and all that stuff and then yeah. there's the the pete roselle thing that's not their voices those are voice doubles and so i'm wondering if we're gonna see or he well i know we're gonna hear voice double so basically like reenactments but i wonder if you know nowadays look espn is part of the disney company disney is really good at you know watch the star wars movie rogue one they literally yes. brought peter cushing back to life they've brought spoiler alert if you haven't seen it turn this off or hit the mute button right now about the mandalorian season two have you seen it jeff Oh, yeah. Okay. They brought Luke Skywalker back to life. They've brought oh. Carrie Fisher back to life. Like, yeah. they've, they made Robert Downey Jr. young. They made Nick Fury young. Like, that's what the Disney company does. I would yeah. not be surprised if we saw some Pete Rozelle, Al Davis, kind of like reenactments via computer cgi kind of vibe you know absolutely absolutely you know and another thing that stands out to me if if you don't really follow the story and don't know the story you know this hatred for these two guys for each other was more than business it was personal as well and you could tell by you know like you said murph they're both listing all the things that they've done i'm the best commissioner i'm the i've created the best team in football all that stuff so it's two egos going head to head it's it's 
unbelievable. It absolutely, this feud is one of the 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 best that the NFL has ever had. Um, and you know, and 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 just ruthless too, the way that Al Davis was. Like, I love you hear Howard Cosell in there and part of that voiceover, and he go and he's calling Al Davis is a gutter fighter. Like, I love like I never heard that term before. That's such a Cosell thing to say, but like yeah. a gutter fighter, like just will at any and all costs man you know what i mean so uh gonna be a lot of fun so let's so let's start to get into a little bit let's kind of paint the overall picture what it looks like so here's i've got a timeline for you so here's the timeline for the raiders versus the nfl not al but the actual raiders themselves versus the nfl through the years i'm gonna give you the chronology of the lawsuits okay over a 21 year history this went on for okay Actually, and more, you could even, I'm only giving you the list up to 2001. If you went up to just a few years ago, city of Oakland, all that suing the Raiders, like you could keep yeah. this thing going, but I just gave you the Al Davis portion of it going up to, to 2001. So in 1980 Raiders uh, uh, and Al Davis joined the Los Angeles Coliseum antitrust suit um, against the NFL in Los Angeles. So the original trial, um, that was in 1980. The original trial took place in 81, and it was declared um, a hung jury. They couldn't come up with a decision. So it was rekindled in 1982, and the Raiders and the L.A. Coliseum re- went to retrial of the antitrust lawsuit against the NFL in, in L.A., and before any judgment, the Raiders just moved. They just left Oakland and and and, or, and went to went to LA. Okay, so antitrust. So for those of you, I'll save you all the boring rhetoric. Jeff and I deal with it in our day jobs. But antitrust basically is price fixing or market fixing. That like it keeps you from having like if being the like the sole um, distributor and or um, provider for the, a certain kind of content in a particular sure. market. So like if, if I'm a manufacturer and Jeff is a distributor, I can't tell him, Hey, only distribute my product and you have to charge this much money. Right. That's exactly. Is that an easy way to explain it, Jeff? Yeah, that's what we do. It's what we do. I can't tell you what to charge. Okay. I can't tell you what to do. So basically an antitrust lawsuit says, you know, you're not allowing a free market to happen. So the Raiders are saying, you're not allowing a free market. If Oakland can't take care of us, I want to go to Los Angeles and you keeping me here, that is antitrust. You're telling me that I have to do it a certain way and you can't do that, okay? So that's antitrust. So so they move in 1982. 83, the Raiders were awarded $35 million from the NFL in damages as a portion of that antitrust suit. The NFL later paid the Raiders an additional an additional $18 million in that settlement. That's an 83. Then you go, and that's, I think, that's kind of about what we're going to see in this special. But yes. then just real quickly, in 1986, Al Davis testified for the USFL in its antitrust lawsuit against the NFL. And the, a New York jury voted for the USFL on one of nine counts and awarded it actually one dollar. If you if uh, if you're familiar with that story, but the thing that's unique about this is that the reason Al Davis testified for the USFL and then in that lawsuit from the USFL against the NFL, all 31 one teams in the NFL were were were, were lobbied against. One team was left out. Guess what team that was? Well, of course. It was the Raiders. Absolutely. Because Al Davis was like, go ahead, you go get the NFL. I'll help you do it. Like, Uh dude was a freaking, he was ruthless. Um, So then in 95, the NFL sues the Raiders um, uh, in Los Angeles over their refusal to share the Oakland revenues. Um, And then at that point, the Raiders returned to Oakland. And then it it just goes on and on. And then the Oakland stuff goes on. And I'll save you all the, the, the boringness of the timeline. Uh, but it, 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 just know this, it goes on and on and on and on. So the reason for all this, as we mentioned, kind of at the top, Pete Rosell, Al Davis, two original NFL and Al Davis as an AFL commissioner owners, yeah. right? Or not owner, but Al Davis became an owner, started off as a coach, but the history started with these two guys really early on you want to talk to any of that jeff about the kind of the early days like the early 60s and stuff well you know i mean 
you you mean just actually the AFL itself? Yeah, like where, like okay, because like the Raiders started off like they were one of the original franchises, right? But right. but Al Davis was not an owner; he was a coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, then one right. of the other eight inaugural uh, teams in the league. And Al Davis kind of worked his way into eventually becoming the then head coach of the of of the Oakland Raiders. Exactly. Yes. So, yes. so one of the things that's interesting about Al's rise and in, in terms of especially when it comes to like these lawsuits and things did you know that the first lawsuit as a, a member of the then afl the first lawsuit that al davis was ever a part of was of his own with his own team did you know this i did not know that all right so what happened was um al davis entered into a partnership deal with ed mcgaw and i forget the other guy's name it's not important but ed mcgaw uh, and, and Al were, were really tight and Al decided he wanted to have full control of the Raiders. He didn't want to, he didn't want to be just part of it. He wanted to be the managing general partner, which is ultimately what his title ended up being. Right. Right. So Ed McGaw signed off on it, but this other guy didn't. So guess what Al Davis did? He sued him. He sued him. And guess what? He won. He won. And he became <laughs> the managing general partner. So this isn't like, don't hold me to this. It's not my notes. I got so many freaking pages of notes. But basically, it was like 63, I think, because the Raiders yeah. came into inception in 60. And then I think like 63 was Al Davis suing <laughs> to, be, to take ownership of the Raiders. So that was the very Perfect. first, yeah, first lawsuit like he started off with. So you have this league. You have the AFL up and coming. You have the NFL, long established, right? Pete yeah. Rozelle is the commissioner of the National Football League. Al Davis is the owner of the, the Raiders and then eventually became the, um, the commissioner of the AFL. Correct. So there was a rivalry forming between these two leagues because there were competing for players. Do you know about any of this? I do. Talk about it. I, I do. So, you know, so the NFL obviously had, you know, the elite talent and, you know, and Al Davis as commissioner of the AFL uh, started poaching players. He started poaching quarterbacks and started getting really good players. And, you know, and they started talking about a merger and all that stuff. And Al Davis said, no, we I mean, to use his words, basically, he said, we we got the NFL by the balls. You know, we're in control here. We have we're getting more and more players. And, you know, if there's going to be any kind of merger, you know, we're going to be getting a lot of money out of this. And, you know, w- the merger will become the AFL and all that stuff. And, you know, and and then, of course, the, you know, behind the scenes merger happened without Davis knowing absolutely so it gets really this is where it gets starts getting really ugly so al davis was always had just a shrewd eye for talent he just always did back yes. when you go back to his chargers days excuse me he signed lance allworth for those of you who don't know lance allworth google him um one of the best players one of the best pass catchers the nfl's ever seen um al davis signed him wide receiver signed him out. i forget what college he went to um but signed him out like on the playing field after his last college game before he could ever get drafted by the NFL and to get him into the AFL to get him to go play for the Chargers. And in fact, when Allworth was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, guess who inducted him? Freaking Al Davis, right? So he always had this this eye for talent. Um, And so he did, as Jeff said, he challenged the NFL um, widely on acquisition of talent. And now back in those days, players were making between like 11 grand and like 38 grand a year, right? <laughs> like not a lot of money, okay? Um, but Al knew that in order to get the, his league more and more viable, he needed to have more and more talent. So he kind of took that military background that he had and he just, it was basically, it was a winner die at all costs, a kind of a thing. So basically he started an, uh, a, a, a war with the NFL um, in order to, to, to acquire, uh, you know, you know, different, different players. So um, the AFL had, had expanded into Miami um, and they just signed a new $36 million deal after the expansion with NBC. So, like they had money, okay? So Al Davis and the AFL had had a lot of money. So they just started chucking money at a bunch of players, okay? Um, P. 
Pete Gogolak was the first name that kind of came out of this. He was a kicker for the Buffalo Bills. And it was the first time that like there became a bidding war between the two, uh, between the two leagues. But Al really started getting hot and heavy when he signed um, uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the time, their quarterback, Roman Gabriel, they signed him to a four-year deal worth $400,000. And I just told you, these guys are making between 11 and 38 grand a year, signed him to a $400,000 contract over four years. So right after that, the Houston Oilers took San Francisco then quarterback, John Brody, to a three-year deal for $500,000. Wow. The Niners' previous offer was for 40 grand a year to up him from the 38 he was making. So, like, all of a sudden, Al Davis kicked off this thing. Like, they kind of had this, like, gentleman's agreement between us or between us, between them. And finally, Al was just like, F it. We got all this extra money. We're going to flood it at the freaking players. And not only did he start signing guys, but other teams started following suit. So, it started this, like, bidding war for NFL players, right? So, basically like it created this high obviously uh, you know big amount of conflict um between the two leagues well as jeff mentioned a bit a minute ago unbeknownst to al during this time what was pete roselle doing with then um lamar hunt from the chiefs jeff yeah he was he was meeting with him behind al's back to to try to peacefully make a merger you know, and because they knew that Al wasn't going to go for it. Absolutely. Because Al had him by the cojones, right? Al, yeah. Al had, and the AFL were building an advantage over the NFL. And I think that the, in, in response to Al's actions, they were afraid. They were afraid of Al. They were afraid of the AFL and the, and they had to merge. Now, why the hunts, and the Chiefs, and and I think it was like Tech, like there was a couple others that were in on it as well. What they were, the Chiefs. what's that? Because it was the Chiefs. Because <laughs> it was the Chiefs. But like what, <laughs> like what they were afraid of, like I don't know. I'll never understand that. But if you like, if you really want to get into it, this is where the Raiders Chiefs rivalry really comes from. Like, yeah, these two, absolutely. these two families despised each other. Like there was no love and there was no love between Al and a lot of different uh, franchises. But this is one of the, the big reasons why was because uh, it was a Clark. I can see him Lamar hunt. I think it was Clark hunt, but anyways, um, went in there and negotiated this thing uh, right out uh, fr- from under Al. So, so in this time, this frenzy of contracts, hunt sends word to Al Davis asking that the signing cease and that he had his reasons. So of course, Al Davis refuses. His rationale was that if somebody like like um, like John Brody and Robin Gabriel were already signed, the AFL's bargaining power was greater with a Star Players Inc. than with blank contracts and no players under wraps. And so the announced signings to these uh, exorbitant contracts they continued on. Okay, so right after that, like basically it forced their hand. They were afraid of Al, and they went decided to go ahead and ink this deal. So on um, this is on May thirtieth of uh, of 63 um hunt and tech shram okay so shram uh also uh, they hammered out a six-page deal um finally briefing the rest of the afl on the merger all they had to do was uh, get it approved by uh fellow afl owners and on june 7th of 63 they go ahead, they went ahead and locked it up so to say al davis was pissed off um is, is quite the understatement so not only did he feel resentment towards some of his fellow owners but there begins the real feud between him and pete rosell right Absolutely. You know, because when when the AFL and the NFL merged, uh, Pete Rozelle was was voted to be uh, the commissioner of the whole thing. And Al Davis didn't like that because he wanted to be the commissioner. Yeah. And so and then what? And right. And so then what happened? They passed him up. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, there began, you know, the huge rivalry that, you know, lasted for 30 plus years. Absolutely. So. Uh, so really interesting stuff there, man. Like, you know, Al Davis's moves and his, the whole, the Maverick and the innovation and all that stuff started so, so long ago. Like, I mean, literally he had two leagues afraid of him. 
Like, I mean, that's the kind of guy he was because he was so outside the box and so separate and different from, you know, like Al Davis, like, you know, he was, these other guys were like oil tycoons and businessmen of other business, whatever, you know, industries and whatnot. Al Davis was a football guy. The end, like this was his business. When you listen to, you know, um, testimonies from, from a lot of his confidants and, you know, people from like Amy Trask and, like the guy would watch film like 360 days a year. Like he was literally tore up and consumed with football 24 seven. Did you know he didn't even live in the house with his wife and kids? Did you know that Jeff? I did not not know that. He lived in an apartment in Marina del Rey and the rest of the family lived in like the East Bay somewhere. And he just freaking lived there. And then he would go to the facility every day. That's all he did. Like, wow. He never, the first time Al Davis ever went to Europe was when the Raiders played over there. Like, All this guy did was live and breathe and eat football and Raider football on on not only in acquiring his own talent and studying his own uh, players and prospects, but dissecting players like Elway and whatever, like trying to figure out how to beat them. Like, just yeah, he'd fascinating. stand right there on their sideline and watch them watch them practice. And why, watch, <laughs> that's right. You know, I, I mean, what what was it? Uh, I think Mike Shanahan uh, of the Broncos at the time. You know, he had to like chase Davis off because he was standing at midfield <laughs> just watching him practice. It's crazy, man. Like Al Davis was just such a. I mean. Ugh, such what, what an amazing uh, human being in terms of like what he's meant to this sport. Like, you know, yeah. we talk about it all the time around here. Right. But um, I think it's way understated in the terms of the history of the league. I mean, you know, like, I don't want to like get too over dramatic here, but the, what we just talked about, like him doing what he did to challenge and to put like he had the NFL on the ropes. Like no yes. one does that. To, no one pushes the NFL around nowadays. Can you imagine one guy? putting the entire league up against the wall to where they're like flailing to make a deal. So this one guy doesn't dominate the whole damn thing. Like that would yep. never happen in today's NFL. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know, and, and, and I think the Raiders still pay for that a little bit. At least that's a conspiracy, you know, that still to this day, you know, we don't get the calls. You know what I mean? You know, there's a lot to that, man. And there's a lot to that. And, and, you know, could have that have been Al's paranoia? You know, I don't know, but I know this. We got more bum calls in the most key of situations than any other team in the history of the league from, you know, obviously the tuck rule to the non-fumble to the immaculate deception to like, there's so many things that have cost us games. And, um, you know, Al Davis was right to feel that way. And you can't tell me that with as much animosity that was brewed up and pointed towards him from the league itself, that that didn't trickle to officiating. There's, yep. I don't see how it couldn't, right? Yep. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. So, all right. So let's get into this, this thing here. So there's kind of the history, right? That's hopefully the buffer to so you guys kind of see where this thing was coming from. And then what I think we're going to see when we flip on the, the, the TV on Thursday night, we're going to see like probably a little bit of background. I hope we do. But basically, they're going to get into the the actual Al versus the NFL, which is the lawsuit. I think that to me, to me that's what it feels like, is that it's going to be lesser about Al, Al as the AFL and more Al as part of the NFL versus the NFL. Is that what do you think, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how they take it, who they're going to play as the villain, you know? Yeah, that's interesting too, right? Because you got to have a good guy and a bad guy. I wonder who the bad guy is going to be. I wonder if they're going to play that as out. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, why wouldn't they? You know, I mean, it just it seems fitting. You know, he's he's been the he's been the the bad guy, and the Raiders have been the villains of the NFL for you know for as long as I can remember. <laughs> yeah, since 1963. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah, so I, it's going to be interesting. So I, I think so, too. I think it, we're going to see – they might touch on it a little bit, but I think the gist of it is going to be more of this era. Really late – like 79 to like 84, 85 in there, something like that. I think that's really what we're going to see. I guess, yeah. Um, so to give you an idea, so this is all – of course, it's all centered around Al always wanting a stadium. Like Al wanted – when he was in Oakland, he wanted to move to L.A. because he wanted a stadium. When he was in L.A., he wanted to move to you know back to Oakland because he wanted a stadium. He wanted to move back to L.A. again because he wanted a stadium. Like, all the things are about Al wanting a stadium. But, Jeff, did you know this? 
that even before that, all the way back to those early Raider days, and I didn't know this. This was a new thing that I actually uncovered going through all of our notes uh, to set the show up. The first time Al chased a stadium was back then in 1963. Because really? When, yeah, when Al Davis took over, so this is what the article states, um, Al Davis immediately cleaned house on the roster when he took, took possession, um, as, as well as the front office. He also began a campaign for a proper stadium since the Raiders had played most of their home games across the Bay in San Francisco. He also got rid of the gold and black uniforms, which originally were bought, used from the University of Pacific. He liked the look of the black uniforms because he thought it made players look larger and added silver instead of gold. There you wow. go. So like all the way back, Al Davis wanted a nice place to play. And well, yeah, who wouldn't? And sadly, like, I think ultimately, too, like, before we get into more of the, the meat of this, that might have been the tragedy of his life, that he died in 2011, and in 2021, where were they playing, Jeff? He got a new stadium. He got a new stadium, 10 years after yep. he died. Yep. And no Absolutely. one got to sit in it. And no one got to sit in it. Well, I think some, what, some fans from uh, uh, Las Vegas State University got to, I think 5,000 of them got to go and watch their college play. Oh, the UNLV. Yeah, UNLV. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, good deal. Yeah, so, but not for the Raiders. No, no. No, no. ain't nobody in there. Except Marcel Reese and, like, uh, Ice Cube or something. Like, there's been a handful of people in there. Yeah, Mark Davis isn't even in there. Yeah, Mark Davis isn't even going, man. So, um yeah, so really, uh, the irony of all of that is just, that that's insane, too. It's crazy. Um, so, okay, so here we go. So back in 79, um, Al wants to move the Raiders to L.A. because he was disple- displeased with the Coliseum um, after Oakland, uh, Alameda County, and the Coliseum Commission back then. Um, they backed out of a, of a deal that they had already negotiated. Sound familiar? Um, you know, history has a way of repeating itself, doesn't it? Um, well, yeah. So he signed a memorandum of agreement, which required three-fourths approval by league owners for his move to Los Angeles to be approved. The owners voted unanimously against Al, and then five of them abstained. Um, So, of course, in classic Al Davis style, he tries to move the team anyways, but he was blocked by an injunction. So that's when Al joined the antitrust lawsuit filed by the L.A. Memorial Coliseum and filed the, the, um, the antitrust lawsuit of his own. And that's when he went ahead and just picked up and moved the frickin' Raiders anyways, right? So this, so this starts in 79. So you know about this history, right? We've talked about this history between him and Roselle. Now, Roselle is the, the, the longtime commissioner now at this point of the yep. NFL and it's ugly between these two guys now. It was ugly before, and now Al brings these lawsuits and all this stuff around, and it's getting uglier. Well, don't you know, Al Davis's players loved him, Jeff. And this is one of my favorite little, like, side stories around this whole thing. Um, yes. Is, you know, Al's, any of the Hall of Fame players, like I mentioned, Lance Allworth, and so many others always had Al induct him into the Hall of Fame. Al was such a widely respected um, owner and, and just champion for athletes of all backgrounds, all, you know, ethnicities, all the, just such an amazing human being, um, that everyone had the highest levels of respect for Al. So the players had his back through this whole thing. So here's what's sure. funny. So the Raiders go to the AFC championship in 81. We just talked about the 40 year anniversary of, of the Cinderella champions, the first team to ever win it as a wild card. So in that AFC championship game, uh, Gene Upshaw, uh, who at that point, um, um, well, not at that point. He was always was an offensive, always the the, the, um, uh, the left guard for the Raiders. Had a 15 year career with the Raiders. Went on to be uh, the, the players' representative. I mean, just an amazing, um, not only athlete but an amazing ambassador. And just a, a, like, yes, he's on my Mount Rushmore of all time greatest Raiders. Um, but anyway, so Gene made it clear to the Raiders to the team as the leader of, of the Raiders, everybody pointed Stabler. And of course, then Plunkett was the quarterback, but really Upshaw was the leader of the Raiders for the entire time that, that he was there. And he made it clear to everybody that they were out for revenge. And, and Gene Upshaw got up in front of the team and said, I want to see Pete Rozelle come into this locker room. 
Um, I want to see him come into this locker room and present us the Super Bowl trophy. I guarantee when he walks into our locker room, he's going to get booed and I'm going to be the one leading the booze. Like, don't you love that, dude? I love that. I love that. Yeah, he was the first guy to boo the commissioner, and, and we've been doing it ever since. <laughs> doing it ever since. <laughs> I love it. It's so good, man. So, um, so when the Raiders get to New Orleans, okay, which is where the Super Bowl was that year. So that, that so Upshaw says all this in the AFC Championship game. They go to New Orleans. Well, um, uh, that year. Um, the teams practiced in a stadium uh, where the Super Bowl was being played, obviously, in the, in the, in the Superdome. And the league painted footballs um, on the 25-yard line with Pete Rozelle's signature on them. Like, it's kind of like a field decoration kind of thing, right? Okay. So what <laughs> Gene Upshaw took to start doing was that because they were actually practicing on the field that they were playing on, Gene would go over and with his cleat stomp out Pete Rozelle's name off of these footballs every time the Raiders would go out and practice. Like, Oh, I love that. Isn't that some of the most Raider stuff you ever heard, Jeff? Yeah, that's the most Raider thing I've heard ever. (laughs) Yes, that's unbelievable. Literally stomping the fool's name out of existence. Yes. It's so good, man. So good. So, um, so ultimately, uh, the, um, uh, the, 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 the trial lasted, you know, a few years and ultimately the Raiders won out. Ultimately Al Davis won out. Um, the NFL and the, and the Raiders settled in, um, in, in a, a reached a settlement, um, for the, uh, 11 year old antitrust suit. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me get my, my notes right here. Yes. The, okay. So the judgment was rendered against the league in 1983. Excuse me. There we go. Sorry. Um, because it took them 11 years to finally work out all the, because remember I said the Raiders got that extra money and whatever. The, um, the, the original settlement was for $34.6 million. Then it took them uh, that time. But it, ultimately, the, they ruled in the Raiders' favor and Al Davis's favor. Um, so uh, so the, um, the announcement of the settlement by U.S. Circuit Judge Henry Pregerson said the amount and other details were being placed under seal at the request of the two parties. Um, but it was learned that the Raiders would get uh, a base sum of 18 million plus the interest. Um, so Raiders spokeswoman at the time, Sue Turner estimated they would eventually get about $20 million. So when this thing was finally done, um, Pete Rozelle was relieved. Um, the, the commissioner still at the time um, expressed his relief that the case was finally over while Al Davis took a little bit of a joy, uh, you know, to the, to the victory. Um, he said, obviously the whole matter was very distasteful. Uh, Roselle declared, it's nice to have it behind us. Um, Davis said, unfortunately, there's just no satisf- uh, satisfaction in, in winning these uh, types of lawsuits. So um, really interesting there, the way that these guys kind of like closed it out. It was really bittersweet because I think, cause it took so long and now, yeah. and they, neither one of them came out like a real clear cut winner. And I'm sure. wondering how the special is going to play that. Now, granted the Raiders got that money in the settlement, but it wasn't what they wanted. And it took so long to get what, what that settlement actually was. And frankly, that's a pittance, right? That's nothing in NFL dollars. That's no, not, not much. Who do you think Jeff was the kind of the quote winner in this? Do you think the Raiders and Al Davis actually won? You know, I mean, if you want to declare a winner, I guess you could say, you know, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it didn't really ever seem like, I mean, it was resolved and yes, but it really, yeah, no one got what they wanted and, you know, and that's, and, and that probably pissed Al Davis off too, you know, because just win baby, you know, he wanted to win. He wanted to be the clear cut winner. And, you know, when, you know, I mean, yes, he won, but he didn't really win. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know I mean? It, you know, it was resolved, but you know, just kind of, well, you know, yeah. like Al Davis, Davis is also famous for saying our goal is not to win. Our goal is to dominate. Like, yes, he didn't want to just win the lawsuit. He wanted to dominate the NFL. He wanted to, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that was what his, his, uh, his goal was there. And, and I don't think he quite attained his goal, but bottom line though, that he won, like he did win the lawsuit, you know? And when you look at the W column, it doesn't win if you win by one or you win by, you know, 35 million, like a W is right. a W. So, um, well, we got a couple audio clips for you here. These are these are these are yeah. interesting. Um, 
So during this whole time, and, and I hope they explore this in the special, during this whole time of this lawsuit, well, guess what the Raiders did twice, Jeff? <laughs> they won two Super Bowls. <laughs> they won two freaking Super Bowls. And so who hands the owner the trophy? Oh, that was that was sweeter than any money that the NFL could have given to Al Davis <laughs> was for Pete Rozelle to give him a Lombardi trophy. Right? <laughs> so the commissioner hands him the trophy now. So and he had to do it twice, right? So he had to yeah, do it. Did. Had to do it in '81, and the end. And had to do it then in in uh, '84. Um, and so what's really interesting is that the first time. So this I'm going to play you the audio, and of course you can't see this, but and it's a real kind of a, a muddy thing from it's an old broadcast going back to 1981. But it's really interesting that here you have like this crowd of players. Right. And you'll hear the entrance when Al Davis comes in. They just go nuts, right? On the kind of on the heels of like what Upshaw's comments were. I'm gonna boo the commissioner, but but man, they just freaking raised Al Davis up, man. But then he so the commissioner has to hand him the trophy. Well, and now you see him, they like hand him the trophy with one hand and they shake hands with the other, right? Right. Not this time. Al or, or freaking Roselle has got two hands death gripped onto that freaking trophy. And the, my favorite is there's a still shot of Pete Rozelle kind of looking over at Davis with two hands holding up the trophy, and Al's not even looking at him. He's looking down at the ground, and he's got the biggest freaking smile on his face because oh, he knows this it. fool is getting ready to hand him oh, a I damn it. trophy. It's so awesome. But let's check in with the audio of it, man, so we can you guys can at least hear it. Congratulations. Congratulations, Al. Outstanding. Commissioner Pete Rosell, I know you've got a presentation to do. Oh, Jesus, I wanted it. Now, the Raiders became, of course, the first wild card to win the Super Bowl. I think it's a tremendous compliment to the organization because you had to win four postseason games. Today, of course, was the big one, the Super Bowl. I think it's a great credit to you for putting this team together. I think that Tom Flores clearly did one of the great coaching jobs in recent years, all season, and particularly today. And it's a credit to some marvelous, dedicated athletes, especially Jim Plunkett and that offensive line today. All right. You've earned it. Congratulations. Yes. Al? All right, Pete. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, Thanks very much, Commissioner. You know, when you look back at the years of glory of the Oakland Raiders, but this was our finest hour. This was the finest hour in the history of the Oakland Raiders. To Tom Flores, the coaches, and the great athletes, you were magnificent out there today. You really were. The years will go on. We owe a great tribute to all our alumni all over the country, the great fans. And we want to welcome back the hostages to the United States. And take pride and be proud. Your commitment to excellence and your will to win will endure forever. You were magnificent. Al, Al, congratulations. Is this one any sweeter than the one four years ago? Well, this has been the sweetest because it's our finest hour. And I'm just so proud of everyone here. Just a great staff. Just great coach. I've got to ask you, can it be displayed as proudly in Oakland as Los Angeles? Oh, I don't want to get into that, Brian. Now, I don't think <laughs> that anyone should ever take away from the great game and the great achievement of our players. Al, congratulations Thank again. Thank you very much. I wish Ed McGaw would here. He's coming down right now. He's my general partner and uh, just a super guy. And we're all so proud of this great trophy once again. Hi, Captain Gene. Thank you, you Al. Doing, Commissioner. I, don't, I love that. Bryant squeaks that one in there. Is it yeah, as sweet did. in he Oakland did. as it is yeah, LA? I don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that's a testament, too, to like Al keeping it like he kept it about his players, man, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't about where they were playing, it was one of the greatest Raider games ever. And, you know, and he wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to share that with his team, not getting into all the all the mumbo jumbo. You know, he had his moment when Roselle gave him the trophy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I love it. You hear Upshaw and you hear a couple other guys, and they're, they're yelling genius at him. Like, well, yeah. Isn't that like, you don't hear that. You just don't see that anymore or ever. Like, you don't see how many times have we watched Belichick get handed a trophy? You don't hear Patriots screaming genius. 
You know what I'm saying? Like genius. Like it's like one thing to cheer, but they're calling him a genius. Like that, like, does that strike you? Like it strikes me. Yeah. I mean, because it, you know, I mean, I don't think any GM or anyone, a part of any other organization had the respect that the Raiders had for Al Davis. I mean, I mean, you just don't see it. You know, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, maybe even in any sport, maybe even any sport. That's the thing. You it's know? such a unique, unique relationship that he had with his players, man. So um, all right, I'm a, we're going to hit one more before we get out of here. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to fast forward to Super Bowl 18. So this is the second time Pete Rozelle had to hand him uh, the trophy. Um, this is a really long clip. I might jump around a little bit in the beginning to kind of get you to the presentation portion of it. Um, but again, it's the same cast of characters. It's except instead of Bryant Gumble, you now have Brent Musburger, um, who's now the Raiders play-by-play announcer. You have Brent Musburger um, announcing, calling it, and you got Al Davis, you got Tom Flores, and you got freaking Pete Rozelle. So, and yeah. we got Madden and Summerall calling the game, man. This is post-Black Sunday. This is beautiful. Final score. The Raiders 38 and the Washington Redskins 9 and a totally dominating Raider team. 38 to 9. Super Bowl 18 will continue after this word from your local station. Mets as the big... We are inside the locker room at Al Davis embracing Tom Flores. This is the first time they have met since the victory. Al, congratulations. Let us let us start out with the trophy presentation for Tom Flores and Al Davis. And here's the commissioner, Pete Rosell. Pete? Well, the Raiders, I think everyone would say, beat a fine football team today. The Redskins had won 34 of the last 31 of the last 34 games. And I think that it was a cl- clearly a... a very dominant win. You had scoring by your offense, by your defense, and by your special teams. And I think that uh, while it's hard to mention just one, I wouldn't, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the great job that Marcus Allen did in becoming the most valuable player of the game. And Tom, I think you certainly established yourself as one of the great coaches in the league. Thank you. Your consistent record, your consistent record of winning over the years, tremendous. And now, you're be congratulated for putting this cast together. You and the Raider management, you put a, get, put together a great, great football team, and they sure showed it today. Congratulations. <laughs> Just win, baby. Just win, baby. (laughs) So good. Well, I I just want to say, two years ago, when we came to Los Angeles, I really believed that the greatness of the Raiders would be in its future. With all the great, with all the great teams we've had, I think today that this organization, this team, this coaching staff dominated so decisively that two things must be said. Not only, in my opinion, are you the greatest Raider team of all time, I think you rank with the great teams of all time that have ever played any professional sport. And by the way, F you, Pete. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, right? Oh man. So, all right. So Jeff, so there's the two presentations. I got one more side note for you here before we, 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 uh, we kind of want to hear your final thoughts on everything. Um, so in 1989, so now we're getting, you know, way we're 10 years past, uh, the, the, the Genesis of the lawsuit We're what is that? Um, 26 years past the, 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 you know, the, the initial, the, um, the uh, the inception of the feud. Uh, Pete Rozelle announces his retirement as NFL commissioner at the league's owners' meetings uh, in California. Well, on his way out of the door, out his way out of the press conference, who stops and grabs him and gives him a big old freaking hug? Um, is uh, is is the one and only uh, Al Davis? And so, um, you know, he basically kind of like bygones be bygones, kind of kind of a of a conversation with him. Um, some questioned on how genuine Al was in doing that, in in approaching Pete in that way. 
Um, but I, uh, I always say, um, I trust the people that were there. I trust the people that get this stuff firsthand and not the secondhand, thirdhand information. And, you know, one of the people we trust most in terms of like reporting, uh, or at least not reporting, but like testifying in what Al Davis was and who he was, was one of his, um, you know, towards the end of his life confidants in the great Amy Trask, right? The first female executive ever to be hired. And, um, and she says um, she thinks it was genuine. She, she wasn't with the team during those times. But what she did have to say was I was with the organization when Alan and Pete embraced. So let me back up. She wasn't with the team back in the day during the lawsuits, but she was there during this embrace. Okay. And she says, I was with the organization when Alan Pete embraced at the owner's meeting at which Pete announced his retirement. That embrace surprised many uh, as the dispute and litigation between the league and the Raiders um, was furious and intense. But as heated and as fierce as that fight was, Al and Pete shared a love of the league and that shared love of league led to that spontaneous embrace. So like, here you go. And then, um, you know, Roselle died in 96, I want to say. So just not that long after seven years later. And then of course, Al Davis passed away uh, quite a few years later in, in 2011. Yep. But it's nice to know that these guys, you know, after these decade long, decades long feud and all this stuff, like they kind of had a moment of resolution at the end before they kind of like parted ways professionally and likely personally as well. So um, I wonder if they're going to get into that. And that's another thing. Like, I sure. wonder if that's where ESPN kind of ends that is that like you said is there a good guy is there a bad guy but you know like with any good story you want to see resolution at the end and they're sure. these two guys in this heated feud like ultimately um ended in a resolution so anyways i kind of hope that's where it, it ends but gosh i've talked a lot tonight i want to shut up and i want to get swag jeff take a few minutes man give me some not only just final thoughts but overall thoughts like just kind of just 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 riff man what, what do you got about all this whole thing going on yeah, thursday so, you know so so about so about the embrace at the uh at, at the the owners meeting you know i think you know yes i i do think al probably was sincere um and was genuine in that and you know bygones be bygones you know but you know, Paul, a small part of him was probably like, yeah, I got you. I got, you know, I beat you, you know, I beat you, you know, you handed me two, uh, you handed me two Lombardi trophies, man. I got and 36 million bucks. Show. Well, yeah. And all your money. So, you know, so yeah, you know, it, you know, yeah, it was, it was genuine, but you know, with a little dig, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the right way to do it. That's right. So, you know, yeah, but you know, this, you know, it, Obviously, every Tales from the Nation is 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 a really cool thing that we do. And, you know, taking trips down memory lane and remembering all the the cool, crazy, maybe not so cool things sometimes that's happened with this team, you know, but, you know, you know, one of my favorite ones was the uh, was the. Uh, the game after Al Davis passed away, the, uh, the, uh, divine interception, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. because we got to talk about Al so much, you know, being, you know, being, I, that I became a Raider fan after Al had passed, you know, obviously, you know, one of the first things that was clear when I joined Raider nation was that, you know, was the respect for Al, uh, the respect that, you know, all fans had for him and the love that they have for him and the Davis family and, and all that stuff. And just to, take a trip down memory lane and just see some of the things that he did for this organization and, you know, what he did to build this organization and, you know, the mentalities that still last to this day with this organization. It's just been, it's been incredible. And I, and I love it. And I cannot wait for February 4th to turn this on and watch it. It's going to be an amazing thing. You know, this is going to be my Super Bowl this year because I hate the Super Bowl that we have this year <laughs> yet again. So February 4th, I'm going to be wearing my Raider gear. I'm going to have my cold beers. I'm going to have my wings and my pizza and all that stuff. That's my Super Bowl. Right on, so, dude. So, you know, oh, I so, love it. Yeah, it, it's going to be great, man. I, I, I can't I can't wait to see it. And, you know, and yeah, it's it's going to be really, really cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, a lot of fun. So, hey, let's um, we didn't even talk about this off the air, but let's do another one of these after it. Like, let's yeah, do a follow up like reaction show. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like let's do, let's do a follow-up to that man. And, and just kind of see like, you know, maybe the weekend or something like that. Or I, I know it's tough. You have young kids tough to do stuff on the weekends, but like, you know, maybe like, I don't know, like it's uh, maybe heck I'd love to do it that night even, but anyways, we'll schedule it later. But point being though, is that like, yeah, let's get back together and reconvene and kind of like see yeah. where it came out based on what our thoughts were. And like, you know, that kind of stuff. Let me get, so do you, who do you think we'll see? Like who, um, you know, sadly, Gene Upshaw's passed away. Al's gone. Roselle's gone. Um, Musburger's in the trailer. Yes. So we're going to, and he's the guy that was there for the third Lombardi trip. Second time Roselle handed it to Pete, but, or, yeah. Yeah. Pete handed it to Al, but like he was, there. so I'm guessing Musburger's got to be a lock, right? Who else, yeah. do, anybody else you think we might see in there? You know, I think uh, I think we might see. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see either Madden or Flores. You know, I oh, think one Flores. of them might, might jump on. You know, especially Flores. Flores, yeah, it. yeah, oh, probably not Mad, but, but Flores, good call, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, and I don't know. I mean, you might see Plunkett or you know, or, or one of those guys. Yeah, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. One of those players, I mean, Howie Long, you know, I mean, you know, you might see a, a bunch of players and stuff. You know, I wouldn't expect to see, you know, Marcus Allen, you know. But, but, well, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, though, maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, he was in the middle of, I mean, of course, you know, the, the, I think like like a guy like Upshaw or like Shell, like those guys that were there for like, you know, yeah. oh, the, you know, for like the beginnings of it towards the end of it, like. Those are yeah. the guys that are going to provide you like the really cool perspective. I wonder if I mentioned Amy Trask earlier. She's yeah. She's no you know she's uh, no shy to, uh, not shy to TV and does great um, on CBS and things. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her. So so we're gonna yeah. so Flores Musburger Trask. I, I like your 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 idea. Plunkett. I think you brought up two names I hadn't thought about. Plunk because I'm thinking more like front officey kind of things. But I yeah. like I like your 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 take on that because Flores is the other guy. They're at the right. podium with them both times. Um, but then I like the idea of Plunkett. Like that's interesting because yeah. you know Jim's also great on camera too, right? So he'd be uh, another good one to have on there. Yeah, and I mean, and I and you know, and Howie Long is you know he's in broadcasting, so I mean he's all about having an interview. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like him too. He'd be yeah, even though he kind of came in on that tail end of it, but still, I mean, sure. he was the but he was part of the first ever Los Angeles Raiders championship. So absolutely. yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's good stuff, man. Man, this has been fun, dude. This has oh been gosh, fun. I so, love the show. Yeah, it's I good. love the show, and not just because I'm in it. I, <laughs> just love it man it's so fun it is it's fun it's fun to go back yeah. and explore this stuff and talk about it so yeah we'll um we'll have another one of these we'll have a part two yeah of this coming yeah, up a, a post a post uh you know uh show thing because you're right dude this is our super bowl sadly do you think oh, let me ask gosh, you one yeah. more thing i got one more question for you that i i, I thought about okay do you think that this was that the, the reason that espn announced this with the, their trailer and the reveal of the, this upcoming, do you think that the timing of it was because they thought this would finally be a year the Raiders would return to the postseason? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'd never really thought about it that way, but yeah, hell yeah. You know I mean? Because we should be there. We should have been there. We should have been there. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So, yeah. You know, and I thought and, about you know, that. And they checked in with us halfway through the season and said, oh, they're six and three and they beat the Chiefs. Hell yeah, they're gonna be there. Let's release it. Let's release it. Let's let it get you know, cause so right, cause so much of the time, like they'll release those, like, you know, like you'll see the like the documentary of like the New Orleans Saints when they came back after Katrina. Like they'll like that will time yeah. with the postseason because you get a lot of the there's a lot of reciprocity in the stories and yeah. symmetry and all that stuff. Like to just have a Raider story out of nowhere, like Yeah, well, but, and you know, and I think too, you know, part of it could have also been, you know, that the Raiders got a new stadium. You know, this what this was all about, right? Oh, this is what I wanted. Oh, so, duh. You know. Oh, I'm so, so stupid. The seed. You know? This is why you're the best co-host. You and Uncle Mosh <laughs> are the two best co-hosts in the business. I didn't even my dumb ass didn't even think about that. That like, yeah, yeah. duh. The Raiders finally got a new got stadium. What you wanted after all these years. Gosh, I'm such an idiot. I'm gonna. I wish I've had the boo button. I'd boo myself. Thank but you. But you know what? I liked your idea better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked your idea I'm better. Probably, well, I, yeah, and I'm probably right. <laughs> but I'm 
probably right, you big dummy. But, but I like your thought process better. <laughs> Man, I'm such a stupid. Nah, you <laughs> All, good. Right. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna. That's the end of this show. <laughs> it's gonna be Swag's fan cave next week too, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, bro. Man, this is fun, man. This is good. Get back yeah. on here. Appreciate you taking time on a, on a Sunday to uh, to sit down and do this, and we'll we'll put this up tonight and enjoy the show, Raider Nation. You want to tell Raider Nation anything before we get out of here for the night, Jeff? Yeah, follow us on all social media platforms, uh, Raiders Fan Radio Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Raiders Fan Radio. Find us on Twitch, where Murph is like, he's like Mr. Twitch now. He does, he's Twitching. twitching like crazy. So, yeah, so follow him, and, you know, we're going to be playing video games this offseason. We're going to be doing all kinds of fun stuff, and, you know, and, yeah, and, and just just watch us wherever you are. Listen to us. Hit if the you have button. A podcast, and hit that damn button. Hit you know, we're going to be on the YouTube. You know, get us to 2,500 subscribers or something. Yeah, man. We need that. We need that. Hey, don't. We need that. (laughs) And and I'm glad. (laughs) We need (laughs) 2,500. I'm glad you brought that up about the Twitch, too, because on Super Bowl Sunday, did you hear about what I talked about on Friday night show, the announcement that I made about the Twitch? We're going to have a watch party on Twitch. Oh, how fun. Yeah, we're going to watch all three. I've got my my little external DVD player set up here, like old school style, right? So on the Twitch, I'm going to play these DVDs, and we're going to watch the three NFL films. Oh, we're going to watch the first, the Raiders dude. 76. We're going to watch Super Bowl 15, the Cinderella Champions, and then we're going to cap it off with 18, Black Sunday, John Facenda, Marcus Allen running with the night. We're all going to watch it together incredible. on Twitch. We can chat on the Twitch, or we now have a Discord channel, Jeff. You can get on there and voice chat with us during the freaking watching of this. So oh, uh, I love it. we're going to go at noon Easter, so 11 o'clock our time on Super Bowl Sunday. Can you make that? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, eleven o'clock Super Bowl Sunday, and it, we're not. I mean, we're only they're only twenty some odd minutes each, so it'll just probably be like an hour, hour and a half total time. So it yeah. won't be a huge time commitment. Gosh, that's gonna be so much. It's gonna be so much fun because I'm hoping that like all of our amazing listeners in the UK, like all those folks can jump in because it's like seven o'clock over there, right? Sure. Or six o'clock sure. or whatever. So they can jump on and join in with us and like Yeah, so they can watch a good Super Bowl and then go to sleep afterwards. And then go to sleep afterwards and then none of us yeah, have to no. watch the stupid Buccaneers. <laughs> no, Jeez, no, because yeah. you know, you know, as a Raider fan, I've hated I've hated Twitter this week and all that stuff because they're like, well who are you gonna pull for? Who are you gonna pull for? Tom Brady or the Chiefs? Neither. I don't want to pick. I hate. I hate all of you. F A B F K C F T B. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Th- this this Super Bowl is worse than last year. Sorry. That's it's what I said too. Year. Mosh said that I hate this Super Bowl. Mosh said that he hated the Niner one worse, but I'm I'm kind of with you on this one. Nah, because I got a personal hatred for Antonio Brown, and I've hated Tom Brady my whole life. So, you know, and you know, and then there's Mahomes and and the Chiefs and. Andy, no, I hate everybody. <laughs> I hate everybody. <laughs> Who's doing a halftime show? Uh, the weekend. Yeah. I hate the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the damn weekend. I uh, don't know anything about the weekend. No, just you don't. I thought you would. I figured you'd be a weekend guy because you kind of like that genre of music. No, no, they should have had Ariana Grande play at halftime. You love you some Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> She's she's my she's my icon on Netflix when I log in. Is she really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your celebrity wife? Well, yeah. I love love me some Ariana Grande, man. Hell yeah, bro. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So instead, you got the weekend. Instead, I got the damn weekend. The only the only person that I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl is the uh, the first female official. Good for you. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, but that's it. Who's calling the game? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, is it Nance? Yeah. It's Nance and Romo, right? CBS. Yeah. I hate, hate Tony Romo. Yeah. You hate him. <laughs> Cowboy jackass. I hate that guy. You hate everybody. Oh, I like Jim Nance though. I'll I do like Jim Nance. The Super there Bowl. you go. I like Jim Nance too. Welcome friends. Yeah. Yeah. I do I love, love Jim Nance. Jim Nance at the masters is a nap waiting to happen. 
Yeah, that's ASMR for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. We'll, we'll get out of here for the night. So thank you, Swag Jeff. Yeah, don't forget to do so on the especially on the heels of this show. Yes, yeah. watch watch the uh, the Super Bowl watch party with us on Sunday again. That's on our Twitch channel. Just search for Raiders Fan Radio. Hit the follow, and uh, and we're right there, man. We're all going to watch those three things together. So it should be a good time. Love it. Can't wait. All right, Swag. Hey, man. Thanks, Jeff. This is fun, dude. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. So good. So good. So good to have you back on doing Tales from the Nation. Uh, good deal, man. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, brother. All right, man. All right. Thank you, Raider Nation. Good night. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.